Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there and welcome. And and by the way, uh, just, uh, just a um, correction to, to that intro. Uh, send your comments and questions to uh, Lynn Cullen Show at gmail.com. Okay? Lynn Cullen Show at gmail.com. Aim to give uh, I mean if you send it to the other i I will get it, but I'll get it in a in a slower uh fashion okay uh good morning to you, yeah, it's another Monday. They keep coming around. I happened to be with some old friends yesterday uh that I worked at when I was first arrived in Pittsburgh when I worked at uh, WTAE television. And, uh, you know, we're a bunch of old farts now. And I was asking many of these old farts if they were still working. And it's just amazing how many are. And, and they're, they're, you know, they're often working in, you know, not full time, but they're working. And, and, and one said, (laughs) I thought is so true of why, those of us who are old uh, still want to work. Um, and it's not only because it, it does, if you enjoy your work, uh, which I do, uh, gives your life meaning. It also creates some structure, which some of us uh, do better in. I have often said if I didn't have to do this show, I'd still be in bed right now. Yeah, I'd be lying on my back uh, reading, granted, but I wouldn't be up and I wouldn't be talking. So, um, but but he said that one of the reasons he loves still working is that he still has a weekend. He said, I can still look forward to the weekend and it's it's funny how that is so imprinted in our in our heads during our workaday life uh there's all those you know wednesday is over the hump day friday is thank god it's friday uh you know monday as i already somewhat alluded to you sort of monday you grouse and so that work week that most of us um, have had uh, does allow for that looking forward to these two days when you don't have to work. And when you're retired, when you have no set schedule, there is no weekend. Every day's the weekend. And I know it confused me um a, a lot and 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 uh, you know you sort of don't even know what day it is and and since i have stopped monday through friday and only am doing monday through thursday i still get very mixed up on my now longer weekends i always think friday is saturday and saturday is sunday and i'm always stunned when i find out that i've got another day before monday it seems that that ingrained somehow. Speaking of work, I was also reading, I've been reading a lot about China lately and I I don't want to go there because frankly, it scares the whole hell out of me. It does. The Chinese scare me. I'm not talking about the people of China. I'm talking about their government and uh, their up and comingness and their their hugeness and their scariness. I was reading, I think this morning, about the average work day in China is 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. 
that's what it is, guys. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And I think it's six days a week. And they did this because they wanted to, you know, overtake us. They needed their people, their humongous population to work. And it has worked. And when you decide that you don't want to work that hard in China, it's hard (laughs) to protest or to go your own way because you're absolutely being watched every second. Frightening place to me. And you may have also seen that they're, we are aware that they're building more and more and more missile silos. They got missiles, oy, 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 and they're putting them in the ground and ready for them to go. I don't know about the ground, but what's a silo? What is a missile silo? I mean, it's where a missile launches. They're uh, doing lots of them. And to read what they're doing to the Uyghurs is, is, to, uh, is to read about a uh, ethnic cleansing um, and uh, concentration camps. And it appears uh, a, a fully uh, intended holocaust of some sort. I don't think they're at the point where they want to kill every Uyghur like the Germans wanted to kill all the Jews, but I think they do want to totally cripple and assimilate them, wipe them out in that, in that way. And, um, and to read stories of what's going on there is, is just frightening. So I'm just saying, uh, how did I get there? I wasn't intending to talk about any of that, but it was thinking about, oh, yes, looking forward to weekends and then thinking of how other people have to work 12 hours a day, six days a week in a very, very controlled environment. And then um, and then you have here in America where. We prize individualism and freedom, and the the Chinese are intending to clean our clock, in part because we're these silly people who uh, indulge ourselves with these freedoms, and we don't pull together for common goals, don't see ourselves as one. And um, I can see why the Chinese think, oh, yeah, man, those guys, look at them. They're going to be easy pickings. I don't know about easy. But, yeah. So don't forget that that's going on. (laughs) Not that we ever, not that we ever talk about it. Uh You know, I've heard people say, well, now that vaccinated people are getting COVID, uh, quite clearly, uh, it doesn't really work that well. So why the hell should I get vaccinated? So all the anti-vaxxers now have that. Well, so, yeah, sure. I'm going to go get vaccinated, despoil my temple of a body. And then I still get it. As somebody pointed out, um, I like it when people just respond to that kind of stupidity. It clearly. And, and here's a, a clear response to that kind of stupidity. If you get a flu shot, you can still get the flu. Mm-hmm. If you wear a hard hat, you can still, you know, get injured if something falls on your head. If you put on suntan lotion, you can still get burned. And if you get a COVID shot, yeah, you might still get COVID. And hopefully, and as far as we know, you'll get it much less seriously. How hard is it 
to understand that. The other thing you see people saying is that, hey, Biden said we didn't have to wear masks back in May. He said, that's it. You're free. And now he's saying that a lot of us have to wear masks again. So why should we believe him? And this inability to understand (laughs) that the enemy we're fighting here, besides human stupidity, is a virus that has its own agenda that is going to do what it is going to do. And our job as the virus's intended victims is to react to its latest salvo. We are to be nimble, to be flexible, so that yes, in May, things were looking good, get back to normal life almost, kind of, sort of. And then because people did, and a whole ton of them were unvaccinated, and there was this variant that proved to be more contagious, uh uh-oh, we got ourselves a surge. And so you respond to that. And we're finding out that we keep hearing, well, the scientists are a little confused because they had thought blah, blah, blah. And there again, the anti-science folks go to town. Oh, we're supposed to put our trust in science. Well, here's the thing I saw today. And it bears repeating and taking in, okay? Especially for those of us who say, follow the science. Everyone needs to be reminded of this. Science is not the truth. Science is finding the truth. When science changes, seemingly changes its opinion, it didn't lie to you. It learned more. That is something that we need to understand. And it brings me to something I saw a scientist say, because We all are asking so much of our of our leadership, of the scientists. We want them to tell us something and have it stick. And we want the stress to go away. And I'm sorry, guys. It ain't going to happen. Science is. Finding the truth. And it changes often as we get a little bit smarter. One scientist, when asked about these sort of anomalies, like, wait a minute, well, how come everybody expected this surge in the UK and it didn't happen and blah, blah, blah. And I I mentioned this the other day and I said it was herd immunity. Well, I take that back. Nobody knows. And they're starting to think, that this damn COVID can um, just sort of all of a sudden of its own accord fizzle. Say, okay, I'm not into this right now. You know, sort of like a forest fire will sometimes, you know, not jump the road to that other stand of of trees it'll just who knows why stop and so what this one scientist said is that we need to remember one thing one overriding thing and that is we need to remember to be humble. 
humble. Scientists are not gods. Humans are not gods. And we are learning as we go. The best of us are learning as we go. The worst of us think they know everything. And this scientist says, and he's an infectious disease specialist, and he's been battling viruses all his life. So he knows this, and he says, we have ascribed far too much human authority over the virus. And that goes back to, but I masked, I'm socially distanced, I did this, I got a you know vaccine, and I still got COVID. Yeah, it's possible. So this mental model that so many of us carry, because it makes us feel better. I mean, I understand it. I carry it too. This model in which uh, humans doing the right thing, human intervention can have a major effect. It's not quite right. Human responses can make a difference. It, human responses can reduce the spread of a virus. Everybody getting vaccinated will end the, the epidemic. We know that. And quite clearly, we see that that's not going to happen. So given what the reality is, the recalcitrance and craziness of so many of our population, we have to understand that our actions can do just so much. So as this thing goes on, we're seeing uh, instances where the scientists are, you know, frighteningly looking a little befuddled. They project a certain thing is going to happen and then it doesn't. Or they fail to see something and it does. And that is why this guy, the scientist, said, humility. At the same time, you got to keep in mind, and I know these things seem like sometimes, well, isn't that contradicting what she just said? We are not powerless. We can and have to reduce risks, just as we've done with wearing seat belts and wearing helmets when we're on a bike and wearing hard hats and all of that. That's a risk reduction. It is not a free ticket. that says you will not be harmed. We cannot eliminate all risk. We are not nearly in as much control as we think we are, and yet, because we're surrounded by idiots, we are, in fact, in less control than we could be. If every single person got vaccinated, we would have this thing finished. That we know. And that the science does tell us. And another thing I saw that I, um, two other things on this, and then I'm going to, I think, no, I've got a few more things on virus stuff. Do you remember, by the way, the other day I was thinking COVID-19. Do you remember? We sort of dropped the 19. People say, they just say COVID. Do you remember what that means? What the name, how they got that name, COVID-19? 
I, um, I did the other day and now I think I've forgotten it again. Co the CO is for Corona virus of which that's a bigger family of viruses and COVID-19 is one. So the CEO is, CO is from coronavirus, right? The V, why am I blanking on this? I had it the other day, is virus. <laughs> coronavirus. Is that the VI? And then what the hell is the... Uh, I'm blanking. I swear I had this the other day when I thought about it. And 19 is the, um, the date 2019 when we first became aware of this, uh, lovely new entry into, uh, the annals of, uh, global medicine and virology. Coronavirus. International disease? What the hell is the I and the D? Never mind. Here's another question I want to ask. You know how if you're like a smoker um, <clears throat> and your um, insurance company knows it, uh, your rates are higher. I mean, it makes perfect sense for the insurer. As a smoker, that person's, uh, you know... We're going to end up paying out for that guy. Jack up his rates. So why is there not, why aren't we seeing insurance companies? Maybe it's, it will happen, but not quickly enough. Jacking up rates for people who won't get vaccinated. That might get a few people's attention. Um, I mean, it's not a pre-existing condition. They're not being penalized for, for having some condition. Uh, but they, they are being reckless and uh, harming their own health, potentially, and obviously others' health. Why wouldn't it, insurance companies, not like they're not into like uh, making money wherever they damn well can. So, hmm. And speaking of vaccination, this one piece of, well, positive news that I saw, uh, the CDC said that as of, I believe it was Saturday, 346 million, and I'm going to round up a little bit here, 346,500,000 total vaccine doses have been administered in the United States. Now, that's a pretty nice number. But understanding that, you know, most of these vaccines take two, if you, uh, you know, cut that into, you get a sense of how many Americans are fully vaccinated. But the thing is, More and more people since the news about the contagion of the Delta variant and the increase in hospitalizations and deaths, um, more and more people have been scared into getting the the vaccination. So um, apparently... For five days running, the United States has put more than 700,000 doses into somebody, some Americans' arms. 700,000 plus a day. And um, that's all good, right? I don't know if those numbers are absolutely correct, but those are the ones I came upon. I'm unsure about some of these numbers, to be honest with you. Uh, and just one other thing on this. There's a woman who wrote a piece, an op-ed. Um, she's a mom. And she, her child was born 
with a um, a life-threatening disorder. Um, and this is a child who, in her first years of life, required intubation, had trouble getting oxygen into her little body. Uh, the child, I'm happy to report, is three years old now and seems to have survived and is healthy. But her mother is in a rage. And she's enraged because of all the other parents who have children who are unvaccinated and cannot be yet, and many of whom have some kind of a condition that makes them more vulnerable. We are seeing with the Delta variant more children getting seriously ill. And so this woman is enraged because we needn't have come to this, given the fact that we've got vaccines, which are now, by the way, throwing out. When people all over the world are begging for them because these stupid, privileged Americans <clears throat> turn their noses up at it. But she says this, and I just want to read her anger <clears throat> and 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 it, it because it it mirrors mine, and she like me has gotten the pushback that you know screaming at people, calling them stupid, is not going to help. And I suppose you know the psychology of that is true. So I'm not the person to kindly talk some unvaccinated person into getting a vaccine. I'm not. I'm not. Don't have the poisonality for that. But I do have a right, like this woman has a right, to express my rage. Her name is Jessica Valenti. She says this. I'm furious that the physical and mental health of countless American children are at the mercy of the willfully ignorant and the irrationally fearful. It's enraging to listen to people complain that wearing a mask or getting a simple shot is akin to an assault on their freedom, while children, who have no choice, bear the brunt of this nonsense. Most of all, she says, I'm tired of hearing about how my anger won't change hearts and minds, or that I need to respect other people's choices, even when those choices put others' health and lives at risk. This isn't a matter of simple disagreement or bipartisan bickering. Gross selfishness masked as American individualism is killing people, is killing our country and traumatizing our children. That's not intolerant or an overreaction. It's a fact. Anger is the very least we can do. Those who can be safely vaccinated and wear a mask have no reasonable excuse. Either you are someone who cares about your neighbors and your community, or you're not. Either you are willing to sacrifice for the good of others or you are not. And it shouldn't take the thought of sick children to get you to do the right thing. 
Well, don't worry. It's not getting them to do the right thing. Killing old people didn't get them to do the right thing. Killing young people's not going to get them to do the right thing either. Roger writes, I just completed an anonymous safety survey. They only ask which city you're working in, if you work in the office or field, uh, gender, age, range, color of hair. Why would they want the color of your hair? What the hell does that have to do with safety? Color of eyes? What the hell does that have to do with anything? Height, weight? Color of the car you drive? Oh, come on. Okay. Color... Color of the car you drive, astrological sign, marital status, sexual orientation, you know, the usual. Um, okay, uh, I, I, I don't, I, listen, anyone who did, don't take any of these, oh, don't take any surveys, okay? Excuse me, that's me thinking. Let's do the old bit of the day. Before I get to that, Gigi has written in. I have certainly been experiencing the rage of the vaccinated. I walked out on a haircut appointment last week because no one in the place had a mask on. And when I commented on this to my stylist, she looked at me strangely. I, of course, had a mask on. I asked her if she was vaccinated and she said no. Jesus. So I walked out. I really don't know what it takes for people to do the right thing. You know, we're seeing that even when these people are intubated or in the ICU and they're dying. And as we now know, begging, can I have some vaccine now? (laughs) Um, There are others and there are accounts from doctors. There are others who are dying of this and they still refuse to believe, to believe it. They see people who are dying, who are refusing to believe that they have COVID because it's a hoax. And again, I've said it before, what we've learned about ourselves, and by ourselves, I mean homo sapiens uh, in, in this last few years, in these last few years, is disquieting, (laughs) to to say the least. Okay, so, Obed of the day, I'm sure you saw that he died. Ron Popeil. He sort of started, I mean, would QVC even exist without him with all the, you know, sort of, sort of direct, you know, well, it's not like, I mean, what he was doing is what, you know, people, how people sold stuff from the backs of wagons for um, snake oil salesmen, especially uh, for years with a good line of patter, right? Uh, but Ron Popeil, uh died at the age of 86. Yep. But wait, there's more. Uh yeah, I mean, think of that. That phrase went into the, uh, you know, our our general uh, verbiage because of, of him. <laughs> but wait, there's more. What I want to know is, are any of you willing to admit that you bought one of his things? I'm asking. I'm asking. Did you ever fall? The the most absurd one I ever saw was the egg scrambler, <laughs> where you scramble the egg 
in the shell. What? <laughs> you buy a thing that like swirls the egg around and, and I mean, talk about something that is totally ridiculous, unnecessary. And he sold them. The egg scrambler. Now, maybe some of these things were good. I don't, I have no idea. Um, but I'm just asking, you can even be anonymous and just email me right here and tell me you got one somewhere buried in the basement or in a drunk drunk drawer, <laughs> junk drawer <laughs> somewhere. Uh, you got a Vegematic? I bet people, come on, you got Vegematics. Pocket Fisherman. Mr. Microphone, just saying. So his life story is sort of interesting, and I want to just uh, share it with you. I think for, for some people, all they really know about uh, Popeil and his pitches is is um, is from Saturday Night Live <laughs> and, and Dan Aykroyd. And as I say that, I mean, I see, uh, I see a fish. I'm sorry, but I see a fish going into a blender and be a full fish. Do I see that? I think I do. So anyway, Popeil had a, not a good childhood. His, uh, his parents divorced when he was very young. He was sent off. He was born in New York. He was sent off to live with his grandparents uh, in Chicago. And, I mean, he's been very clear that he had an unhappy childhood. He said, I, I never had a birthday party. I had birthday parties. I have to say, I think they were sort of overrated. But I guess if you never had one. You would really want one. Um, his dad is clearly where he got his career from, even though they weren't close. His father invented something called the Chopomatic and some other stuff. So the father was a tinkerer and inventor. And even though he didn't live with his father, they had later a somewhat of a business relationship in that he started to sell his father's gadgets uh, in Chicago at a Walgreens store. By the way, the father uh, had the distinction of escaping an attempt on his life when his wife hired two men to murder him. This is in 1974. Uh, the wife uh, went to jail. She served uh, almost two years. And when she got out, Popeil's father remarried her. I guess he had divorced her when she tried to kill him. And they, you know, there are there are a lot of stories like I don't know a lot, but you hear these stories like of a of a man trying to kill his wife, and then and then she ends up he goes to jail, and and then they end up getting married. I mean, I you know I got to tell you, some people's uh, love life, their love for each other is like really weird, really creepy. I know he hired a hitman. I know she tried to kill me, but, you know, I just love her. Anyway, um, so I guess the father's life is more interesting. Ron Popeil, and no one is acknowledging that they have one of them. Well, maybe you don't. Even as a gag, nobody ever bought one. Listen, he made millions upon millions upon millions of people bought him. 
it's the kind of thing you don't own up to. I mean, I've owned up to buying the relaxicizer. Um, and that was just from a, a print ad. If I'd seen it being uh, used, I wouldn't have bought it because I, I think we've, Susan and I have told you that, you know, it was this thing you strapped on your, on your thighs and, and it, it, it sent electric charges into your, into your body that made your muscles contract, you know, as when you get electrocuted, your muscles go, ah, they tighten up, which is like, you know, when you exercise, <laughs> this is for someone who wanted to exercise lying down which was my idea, but got to tell you, yeah, the relaxers are not a good idea. Now I admit I was, I was lazy and I thought I had fat thighs and I was like 20 years old. So that's somewhat of an excuse. My brain was not totally formed. Excuse me why I guzzle something here. Mm-hmm. Okay. few things about South Korea. I, you know, we don't pay attention. We barely pay attention to what's going on in our own backyards. <clears throat> but um, I have to say that on occasion, you know, I'm reading and you, you think, you know, there's a big world out there. So you pay attention because there's an awful lot of stuff happening. And eventually, you know, we do have to deal with it. Like, well, China. This is sort of close to China. This is South Korea. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of South Korea. But you might think of a, a country that, you know, is an ally of ours, that is um, uh, very industrious, that is economically uh, sound. Um, I've got a caller. I have a caller. I'm sorry, I haven't been looking at my... Hello? Hello, this is Kurt in Swissville. Kurt! How are you? Are you going to admit that you uh, bought a Popeil something? No, no, I'm going to admit getting into a ridiculous Facebook argument with a cousin about uh, his civil liberties yeah. being violated by having... All right. <laughs> okay. Tell us about it. God. Well, you know, that that's the crux of, uh, of of some of the conservative arguments is that this is a big affront to my civil liberty and I should be able to decide whether I'm going to wear a mask or not, which, of course, is ridiculous on its face because uh, it's not like that's a big inconvenience. But I kind of remind them of the conservative response to AIDS back in the 80s. And I, I mm -hmm. looked up an old editorial by Bill Buckley. And uh, Bill Buckley argued for a couple of things, like forced sterilization of women who wanted to marry a man with AIDS. Whoa. Because he wanted to prevent the spread of the disease to children. And, and we knew at the <laughs> time that uh, women could spread the disease to children if they got it from their husbands. So uninfected women were to be subject to forced sterilization. Oh, well, see, now there's a... That's a conservative uh, reaction. Yeah. yeah. He also mentioned, uh, I thought the same thing you did. Why aren't we charging people more if they refuse to get vaccinated for their health insurance? But he argued that, that insurance companies should uh, require universal testing. And actually, this is before Obamacare and pre-existing conditions. He wanted uh, Blue Cross for existence can reasonably require of those who wish to join it a physical examination that requires tests. So he wanted to exclude from health insurance anybody who tested positive. Yeah. He also the very wanted... The very people who needed it. <laughs> right. He also said insurance. everyone detected with AIDS should be tattooed, and this is 86, so oh. HIV wasn't in common use in common usage. Everyone detected with HIV should be tattooed in the upper forearm to protect common needle users and on the buttocks to protect the victimization of other homosexuals. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Our society is generally threatened, and in order to fight AIDS, we need the civil equivalent of universal testing. Huh. 
So that's what they want, but it's not them. Yeah, when it's not (laughs) them. That's right, when it's not them. Right. They got no problem. They got no problem with your bodily integrity or your civil liberties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Depends on whose ox is getting gored, I guess. Yep. <laughs> God almighty. Well, thanks for the, uh, you know, deep dive back into uh, what conservatism used to be about. But I guess in some <laughs> yeah. respects still is. Yeah, I think still is. It's still, I'm sure Bill Buckley there. would have advocated uh, for sterilization of himself. <laughs> Thank you for that, Kurt. All right, take care. All right, you too. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, so South Korea, you know, it's a it's a country that's uh you know, we think of as got its act together. I just have been coming upon stuff about it that is really disquieting to me. The first was a um in the sports section and had to do with Olympic coverage um, of a sport that, you know, most of us don't pay attention to archery, archery, Uh, a South Korean woman uh, won the gold. And in fact, it is her third gold medal of these games. I mean, she's that, much uh, an extraordinary archer. And one would think that back in South Africa, they'd be, you know, planning the ticker tape parade for her and all of that. No. It turns out she has instead been suffering unbelievable abuse on social media and also in you know radio shows and what South Koreans uh, you know wherever they're yapping and talking and you know why even though she's given South Korea three gold medals even by the way topped a 25 year old record do you know why Because she cut her hair short. It's not a buzz cut. It's like a little pixie cut. Looks great on her. She cut her hair. And she is being accused of being a a feminist, which in South Korea is about as vile a thing as you can call anybody. Turns out some other female athletes representing South Korea who also cut their hair shorter have also been subjected to similar abuse during the games. Can you uh Imagine. I suppose we can. Then, apropos of not that, but I read an article today in the New York Times opinion section written by a South Korean woman who does not in any way mention that. Probably had written it before. And she talks about the fact that a woman in South Korea who had uh, created an ad for a a big it's a camping company um, and in the ad uh, there was um, a a tent in a forest and a campfire and then there's a hand about to grasp a sausage that was obviously being cooked on the campfire. And in reaching for the sausage, the hand, of course, uh, has the thumb and index finger out. See, yeah, right, because you're gonna grasp, you know, because we got these opposable thumbs. 
when this ad saw the light of day, all hell broke loose. Because South Korean men thought that the index finger and the thumb were like the same symbol as something meaning small, right? When you say, oh, it's really small, you would do the same thing, right? Yeah. Turns out your finger and thumb can do more than one thing, mean more than one thing. And because it was heading for a sausage, they decided that she was ridiculing the size of men's genitals. And all hell broke loose. I kid you not. The company had to bow and scrape and apologize. She, they had to keep her identity secret for fear she would be harmed. She, the anonymous feminist, uh, denied that she was in any way uh, trying to express a hatred of men with the tent, the forest, the fire, and the sausage with the hand going for it. She was disciplined by her employer. And it turns out that this is not the only case like that. My God in heaven. Any depiction of fingers grabbing anything, a credit card, a a coffee, even there's one with a COVID-19 vaccine where the hands were, those ads have created a hullabaloo because South Korean men, man, I can't even begin to imagine how fragile they are. Makes you think they might have, like, uh, little penises. South Korea, it should be known, is consistently ranked as having the worst environment for working women in any supposedly industrialized society. And the unhappy thing is, is in looking at their politics... It is young men, it is young men who are every bit as misogynistic as the old. So it doesn't bode well for women. I mean, you know, just imagine, just imagine, I'm thinking of the archer again, you come home to your damn country with three friggin' gold medals And all they want to talk about is you cut your hair. Oh, dear. Okay, I got lots of emails here I got to get to. Hang on. Thank you, Philomena. God bless you. Philomena owns up. I bought a Vegematic many years ago at a flea market. I actually used it for making French fries. But it was too bulky to store, so I got rid of it. (laughs) okay good for you that's one we got one honest person in the audience um well that's not true because i never bought one of them yeah but i own up to the relaxicizer um what else Oh, okay. All right. Sorry, guys. You're sending me stuff that I got to read later. Um, Okay. Wait a minute. Oh, we got another caller? I'm sorry. Sorry, Zach. I'm... I'm, Hello? Hello. Hello? Hello. Yes. Oh, I was going to say on the uh, Olympics... Personally, I don't know why we participate with China anyway, or any of those countries that are 
totally against human rights and anything. Uh, I don't know why the countries just don't get banned them from have our own Olympics. Fuck them. That's what I say about them people. The whole communist bullshit and this shit they're doing right now on these different with these ships and all that. They're they're really well. You yeah. can't touch they're, that because no, they're, they're no, they're scary. There's yeah, they're scary. They're idiots, but and I don't know if you this, but uh, my neighbor tells me that. Uh, he was reading or saw on TV. I don't know who it was as a pollster. I know the polls are not always right, but we find that out. But he tells me that what he saw was that the Republican Party is just, especially which the guy's my minority leader. He said he's going to you know take over the House and hit uh, Nancy Pelosi over the head with the gavel and all that. Yeah, baloney. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. they say that the way the polls are, even with the cheating and all the bullshit they're doing right now, he said. They are going to lose big in 2022. He said, now this seems kind of hard to put, but the, the way things are going, he said he sees a big uh, gain for the Democrats. So I don't know if it's true. Uh, I wishful thinking, but I have this uh, gut feeling. You know, I told you last time about uh, Biden. Yeah, you did, and you were right. But... I'm usually right. I've been right about a lot of these presidents, too. <laughs> I, I am really. I've, I don't know what it is. I hope I'm you're right. right. I, I hope you're right. I think it's too soon. It. I think it's too soon. We're a year and a half out. I, it's uh, yeah, too I don't. Soon. Yeah, not, but I think they're going to take it. Take more. I think we get a chance to do what we want to do. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Wishful. I hope you're right. You know what? I you know I was thinking. I used to follow. Um, this kind of news. You know, I I would be looking at yes who's possibly running in this race and that Senate race and this and that. And I don't anymore because it just creates more anxiety and I don't need it. I also, I also don't follow the day to day or even week to week uh, goings on in the Congress. Like will the infrastructure bill pass or will Joe Manchin this or cinema that I can't do it. It, it just, because I I have no impact. I can't. There's nothing I can do. So I will just find out later what happens. I'll deal with the reality of what happens. I can't. I can't watch the sausage being made anymore. No, I know what you mean. The latest yeah. was Sarah Palin's going to run for senator in Alaska. <laughs> I guess Mikowski, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, now we're gonna no, she. Shit. I don't think. No, she's not. No, I, I, I agree with that. She ain't going anywhere. Nah, she's what going. a joke. Yeah. That's All right, you. Well, right, I hope you. your neighbor's right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Um, Chuck writes for those people who are not vaccinated, their hesitancy or outright refusal seems to come from some misplaced source of pride or even loyalty. Oh, sure, they'll give you excuses like the FDA hasn't given it final approval or I have a friend of a friend who died from it. But I think many of these anti-vaxxers are just people who just won't be told by anybody to do anything. These people live in a world of no rules. They do not want, they do what they want and worry about the consequences later. Well... Yeah, maybe. Ah, P.S. Thanks, Chuck. He said, I have one of Ron Popeil's pocket fishermen. Well, that was a nice little gizmo because, you know, a fishing rod, you know, is long. And the pocket fisherman folded up so you could stick it in your pocket. Who wouldn't want that? That is a true innovation. You know, you never know when the urge to go fishing might grab you. And this way, you can keep it in your pocket, put it in your purse, and yeah, you're good to go. So I thank you. So that's two of us who own up to the um, having made Ron Popeil a successful businessman. Thank you very much. All right, guys, I think that'd be it. 
clock says so. Looks like a beautiful day out there. I hope you can get out and enjoy it. Really. It does my heart so much good to be out. Oof, oof. So, um, have a good one. I'll be back tomorrow, and Susan will be joining us. Bye-bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers. <laughs>